Hello and welcome back to the Battleborn Leafs podcast. I'm your host as always, joined by my co-host Mitchell Weatherall. Mitch, welcome back. We've enjoyed a nice summer vacation. Well, you certainly have as I've been doing some draft work over here. The draft has finally passed. The Maple Leafs entered the draft with three picks, leaving with five prospects. But before we go into the draft and today's topic of this episode, Mitch, how are you doing and how's your summer vacation been so far? I'm doing good, man. Summer's been awesome. Can't complain. Everything's been good, man. How are you? I'm not bad. You know, I had a couple busy weeks here, you know, doing some draft prep and stuff like that. And, you know, I have to say I am very pleased with how this draft turned out for the Maple Leafs. As I mentioned, they entered with three picks, leaving with five prospects. They traded down twice, and they managed to get rid of Mrazic's contract. It looked like a total W from that standpoint, especially for the team right now. I know a lot of people are saying, well, they should have traded those picks. No, I believe this move helped this team right now by getting rid of that Mirazic contract. And now that's, you know, a pretty nice margin of cap space that they just got from the draft uh, to, you know, fix that goaltending situation that we have here in Toronto. And we're going to talk about Jack Campbell. We're going to talk about Darcy Kemper. Those are seemingly the two favorites right now for that position in goal. Although there were rumors this morning circulating that the Toronto Maple Leafs have looked into Jake Allen as a possibility. We're going to touch a little bit on that, but the main show today is going to be about Jack Campbell and Darcy Kemper. But to kick off the episode, I think it's only right that we do a little bit of a draft recap. What do you think, Mitch? I think he did a good job, as always. He, like, I really like how he traded down for those picks. and He, he utilized... Uh... Davis utilized the best he can before he had just the uh, three draft picks, so I think that was very beneficial. I think the biggest win for me, though, uh, with the draft is trading Marazic, because I said to you in previous episodes, like, I really don't like his contract. I think it's just too out of the ordinary to pay him for three years, so the fact that he was able to find a deal and just ship out that bad contract is just, uh, it's just amazing. So, he got a couple picks back and just got rid of the money, and now they got more room to figure out what they can do goaltending-wise, especially when they got to sign Campbell now. So I think Mraz, trading Mrazic's definitely a massive step forward for them, uh, moving the money and just getting rid of the, oh, I'd say, goaltending liability. Like, he wasn't the greatest for them. He did what he did, but I just, he's had a lot of injury problems, and I just think he's past that prime now. He just he shouldn't have been making what he was making, and that was just a, it was a terrible deal. So the fact that they're, Donaldson now is just amazing. So I think the biggest takeaway for me is the Mrazic trade. Yeah, I agree for sure. Uh, moving Mrazic's contract definitely gives them a lot more flexibility uh, that they have now before the draft started. So credit to Kyle Dubas only moving down about 13 spots and selecting a guy that I'm pretty sure they were thinking about even in round one with their pick. And that was who they drafted at number 38 overall, Frazier Minton. Now, there's a lot of talk that they were interested in Owen Beck, guys like Luca Del Bellabaluz, Matias Sapovaliv. You know, they went with Minton here. There wasn't a lot of talk about Minton in the media. He was expected to go mid-second to third round. Um, I love this pick. You know, he's a, a top, I would say, top six forward potential. Um, he shoots left. He's 18 right now. 
with the Blazers last season in 67 games. He had 20 goals, 35 assists for 53 points. He plays the center position, but he you know can also play some time on the wing. Um, you know he's a real good two-way player, and watching his tape, um, that's what I really noticed about him. He has a really good hockey IQ. He has a lot of hockey sense, which is obviously something I guess the Leafs really liked that. Uh, you know, they saw in his game. I think this is a good selection. I think this is good value at number 38 overall. There's a lot of talk about this year's draft and, you know, how the rankings don't really mean as much as they did in prior years because of, you know, COVID and how much time scouts lost and, you know, not being able to watch certain players and, you know, some players losing a couple seasons because of the COVID breaks. I think Frazier Minton is a good pick here. I think this is, you know, a Kyle Dubas kind of pick for sure. Uh, he's got a little bit of size to him. He's not the biggest guy, but he's 6'1". Um, so I think he's definitely got a shot at definitely putting on uh, the blue and white sweater at some point in his career. I really like his two-way game. He's got good puck handling skills, and he's a really fluent skater. So I think this had Kyle Dubas written all over it. And uh, Frazier Minton is going to be very welcomed to the prospect pipeline here. Remember, Kyle Dubas has a lot of hits in the second round. He has made some major, um, you know, I wouldn't say major, like he's made some major uh, selections here that have really paid off for the Leafs, especially with a pipeline that, you know, with how many first round picks the Leafs have dealt. Um, you know, we look at here right now, Nick Robertson uh, was at number 53. Matthew Nyes was number 57 overall in the draft. Topi Niemla at 64. Uh, Sean Dursey, who they traded in the Jake Muzzin trade was number 53 as well. So, Dersey and Robertson both both have 53 in the second round. Um, but, you know, Kyle Dubas, since he's been here in Toronto, his second round picks have been notable. And I'm wondering if, you know, we're going to see the same thing here with Frazier Minton because I certainly think he has the tangibles to be that next guy. But, um, you know, moving on now with their second pick in the draft, they pick Toronto native Nicholas Moldenhauer. He was drafted 95, 95th overall, sorry. Um, you know, this is a real intriguing pick. I'm not going to lie. He's a forward, shoots right. He's 18 years old right now. Certainly has top six potential uh, with the Chicago Steel last season in the USHL. In 41 games played, he had 18 goals, 25 assists, and 43 points. This guy is a warrior. You know, he had a really tough season, a skate kind of a pie. He had a skate uh, laceration. I can't talk today. And, uh, you know, he's battling back from... Uh, an injury and in his first game back that happens and to see him come back and still manage to be almost a point per game or sorry over a point per game I think that's so amazing and uh, you know Moldenhauer is definitely going to be a prospect that I'm going to be very intrigued to see how his development grows uh, he loves being a Leaf you know he's talked about it in every interview he's talked to media so far he says his favorite players are Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner growing up so I think that's a really cool draft pick and I'm really excited to see Moldenhauer eventually put on the blue and white because I think this has a very, very high upside um, to the selection. And I think, you know, we're going to see in a couple years from now that Kyle Dubas found a hidden gem here in Nicholas Moldenhauer. The third pick of the draft, they went with a very interesting pick here. And this is goaltender Dennis Hildeby. He's an older prospect. He's age 20 years old. He's drafted 122nd. He catches left for a Ferrisad BK this season in seven games played. He had a 1.93 goals against average and a 931 save percentage. He's a bigger guy, relies on his positioning, plays a very calm game. I see a lot of similarities to a guy like Miko Koskinen. Um, you know, obviously Miko Koskinen's had some lapses, but in terms of the way they play, I see a lot of similarities with Miko Koskinen. And, uh, you know, I think 
Hildeby could have some, you know, future with the organization. I think he's going to certainly spend a lot of time with the Marlies organization. And, you know, he's obviously, I don't expect this to be a contender for the position for the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, come this upcoming camp. But I think Dennis Hildeby down the line here could have potential, a bigger goaltender like that, that's mobile. And, you know, he's a very good skater as well. He's gone his edges and, in today's game, you always look for goaltenders like that. So I think that Dennis Hildeby's selection could be very pivotal uh, for the Leafs down the line. Then after the, uh, Hildeby, they went with Nikita Grabankin, drafted 135th overall. This is another intriguing pick. He shoots left. He's 19 years old right now. Played for Magna Gorks A um, last season in the MHL. In 58 games, played at 17 goals. 47 assists in 64 games. So 47 apples in 58 games. I think that is tremendous. <laughs> you know, that is awesome. He's a pure playmaker, um, but with some goal scoring attribute to his game. He plays the right side. Uh, he's a right winger, but he shoots left. He's got a ton of offensive potential. And, you know, this is a prospect that's probably going to take a longer time to develop. Um, you know, he's going to need some time to transition over to uh, the North American uh, style of play and all that, but I definitely think this could be a very big pick down the line here. I think it's a very sneaky pick by Kyle Dubas, and uh, 47 assists and 58 games is definitely something that I'm very intrigued with, well over a point per game. Then the last pick in the draft, they went with Brandon Lazowski, drafted number two, 218th overall. He's a forward who shoots left. He's 18 years old, Played with the Saskatoon Blades last season in 68 games. Played at 33 goals, 25 assists for 58 points. I think Lazowski is a very intriguing pick here. Um, smaller, speed-driven forward who is very offensive. Kind of reminds me a lot of Nick Robertson as well. So I'm very intrigued with this pick here. And uh, Lazowski as their last pick in the draft at number 218. I think this is a very good value pick here. And uh, I think you're going to see his development kind of uh, sped up because... From time to time, as he's grown older as a prospect, his numbers just keep going up, and he looks a lot better on the ice. So I think he's got a ton of potential, and this is a real good pick here, so late by Kyle Dubas. And Kyle Dubas' strength is the draft. He knows how to recognize talents. This is one of the best things um, Kyle Dubas has to his resume is the way he's able to draft, and I really think that he found value here in Lazowski for a pick coming in the 200. So good on Kyle Dubas for that, but... You know, overall, the draft, I think, was a, a very, like a very much a success. I think they had a lot of good pieces um, to work with. Uh, sorry, I don't think they were given a lot of good pieces to work with. Uh, but they managed to come away with some very nice results. And, yes, these are prospects that are going to take a little bit longer uh, time to develop than, you know, other prospects. But the way they were able to move Morazic's contract, I certainly think that helps them in the win now window. So I think it's a win all around and I'm very happy with Kyle Dubas's work, uh, this, uh, draft. So credit to Kyle Dubas for that. But, you know, now let's talk about the main part of this episode, which is the goaltenders. And first off, before we talk about Darcy Kember and Jack Campbell, we have some breaking news live on the podcast. So this is going to be very real. This is real time reaction as we're recording this. Elliot Friedman has tweeted out, word is that Ottawa and Toronto have intensified discussions around Matt Murray. We will see how things play out, but those conversations continue. Mitchell, I've been talking for a while. Let's get your thoughts here on Matt Murray potentially being a Maple Leaf before we go into Jack Campbell versus Darcy Kemper. I mean, he's 
got he yeah his numbers aren't there. He's got some in, he's had some injuries. It's been back and forth with him. Like, but honestly, like he's got some good playoff experience with the Penguins. He's, he's ran those back to back cup runs. So I mean, it wouldn't be a bad move if he can get an old his old self back for the Leafs. But if he, if it remains like he's been lately, then I I wouldn't like consider it. But I don't know. I'd definitely look into it. Is right, like if they can get a cheaper goalie like that at a decent price rather than paying Campbell 5.5 million a year, then I take a gamble on it because he's got great playoff experience and that can definitely boost them past the first round. He's he's won two cups already. He he's no he knows the ins and outs and he's he's played many game sevens and if they catch if they catch his old self back, that, I think that's an amazing trade. So that's something worthwhile. Look at. You know, Matt Murray is definitely going to have to get some of his contract retained. He's making way too much right now for me to justify making him the starting goaltender for the Maple Leafs next September. Well, next October for the regular season to start. But, you know, Matt Murray, he's a guy that, you know, came into the league, won two Stanley Cups in his rookie season, which I still think is really weird to say. But, um, you know, he came in that playoff run with the Penguins really turned heads. He looked like he was going to be that franchise goaltender for the Penguins. He took the reins from Marc-Andre Fleury. But once Marc-Andre Fleury left, the Penguins and Matt Murray really didn't have the best relationship. Things started to go down, uh, and they really did not resolve. Both sides decided to move on from each other. The Penguins traded him to the Ottawa Senators um, for, you know, a um, like a sum that I really was surprised was only that much. I thought there would be much more interest in a guy like Matt Murray who's coming off two Stanley Cup wins. One thing I will give Matt Murray credit for is if you look back at each of the Penguins playoff series that Matt Murray was their starting goaltender, he was not the reason they lost those series. You know, you think back to Washington, you think about Montreal, Matt Murray played very well in those games. So it's definitely not on Matt Murray. Now he has had some lapses in the regular season, but Matt Murray... Seems like a clutch performer, in my opinion, and I think that could fit well here for the Leafs. But for me to consider this, it has to be with money retained, and we have to be getting something back. Um, I don't think you, unless this is, you know, an odd trade by Kyle Dubas, usually he knows that the most valuable thing in this league is cap space. And I think if you trade for Matt Murray, you're helping the Ottawa Senators out. They have Philip Gustafson. They have Anton Forsberg. They have a three-headed goalie tandem right now. They look like they're going to move one. Obviously, they're really trying hard to move Matt Murray. So if you're going to move Matt Murray um, and, you know, Toronto is the team on the other end of that, it better be with some other stuff along with it, like some sweeteners to make this deal a little worth it for me. You know, his numbers aren't great. They haven't been great since he's went to Ottawa. He's had a lot of time missed due to injuries at certain points. Um, Ottawa paid him to be that franchise goaltender. Uh, that they were lacking uh, since Craig Anderson uh, decided to move on. So, you know, Matt Murray's a guy that I think he still has tons of potential. I don't think he's at his best uh, that we've seen in Ottawa. He's still only 28 years old. He's 6'4". Um, last season, he had a 3.05 goals against the average and a 906 save percentage with one shutout in 20 games. I think Matt Murray playing behind a solid team that we have here in Toronto uh, I think you, you're going to see a lot of those results jump up, and I think you're going to see um, you know, some real nice uh, regression to the positives in terms of save percentage and stuff like that because you look at his analytics, there's a lot of 
stuff that points that there is some tangible stuff that he has some good stuff in him still. So Matt Murray is a guy that I think that can make a huge difference if you get him at the right price and you kind of do that buy low standard where maybe they throw in a pick or something to, uh, you know, sweeten the deal up for the Maple Leafs and take it on his cap hit. But this could also go very badly, right? He can have a tire fire. He could get hurt. Um, you know, he could be a disaster in Morazic part two. And, uh, you know, that would be a very dangerous situation. But one thing you have to recognize with Matt Murray is he knows Sheldon Keefe and Kyle Dubas well, obviously from his time in the Sioux St. Marie organization and the OHL. So Matt Murray is a guy that I'm interested in. I think Kyle Dubas is very interested in. I think Sheldon Keefe as well. One thing about Matt though is, you know, we talked a lot about the Penguins fan base back when he was in Pittsburgh. Uh, him and the organization had a falling out. And even the fan base, you know, it was tough for him to play in Pittsburgh. I'm not going to lie. I remember seeing something a long time ago when these rumors initially came up when he was on the on the move from the Penguins. And there was something where he said, you know, it was really hard going out for dinner because, you know, some fans have come up to him and, you know, not say the nicest things. A lot of people in Pittsburgh weren't happy with him because he was the guy that took the reins from Marc-Andre Fleury. So I think the Penguins fans um, were kind of frustrated with that. Uh, he's also a guy that, you know, he can break down. He can get in his own head sometimes. Um, so that's another thing. If you want a guy that, you know, you don't have your full confidence in at certain points. But we saw that with Jack Campbell this season, right? Jack Campbell, when he had his head locked in, he was the, arguably the best player on the ice. So, you know, Matt Murray, I think he's still got tons of potential. Um, and he plays a very calm game that I think could suit this Maple Leafs team well. He's not going to give you crazy rebounds. He's not going to do the splits or do, a, you know, a double pad stack he's gonna rely on his positioning and you know that might be very comforting to a team like the maple leafs that like to play very high octane hockey so i'd be very interested in that but uh matt murray if he's not coming at a real good price here then i have absolutely no interest because if this is a reclamation project i'm sick and tired of taking these chances with a team like this right now this team has austin matthews who's arguably the best player in the league mitch marner william nylander morgan riley as your cornerstones and they cannot make it out of the first round i'm very frustrated because we do this every season we take the reclamation projects and we kind of you know look at the goaltending position and try and get bargains for it it's not going to work you know everybody's talking that colorado saying that colorado just did that colorado didn't darcy kemper was a very high, highly touted goaltender with the arizona coyotes he got traded to the Colorado Avalanche. They paid a pretty steep price. Connor Timmons, uh, first round pick, I think it was, or something. So, you know, Darcy Kemper wasn't just a cheap goalie option. He was a very, very suitable guy for the job. And that's just my opinion on the situation. What do you think, Mitch? Yeah, I think you're right. Like, he, I noticed in Pittsburgh, he did let the fans get to him a bit. And honestly, like, if you think that was bad, it would be 10 times worse, bit worse in Toronto because it's a 10 times bigger market than it is there in Pittsburgh. So, like, he'll have a lot of pressure coming here, especially since the team hasn't made it out the first round. But again, he's such a 50-50 goalie because he can still you that game, that game seven, or that game in general, or he can just break down and collapse and long cold streaks. So, it's a risk they're willing to take, and... I agree with you. Like, I think the salary has to be retained a bit, too. He is making a good amount, and if they can get, like, another player back in the deal, too, throw some picks in there, I think it will be a big blockbuster deal. It won't just be something small. So, I think the big salary retained will be an important one, though, I think. If they uh, they get a bit of that retained, that'd be, that'd be a good part of the deal. But it's a risk they're willing to take, because this will be a fresh start for him in a 
big market. He'll have um, he like he doesn't have the greatest defense in front of him. He won't have the greatest defense in front of him either. But I believe like the Leafs with their offense can bail him out at times. So I think it's a a fresh start for him would be good. He like he's been throwing around a bit in Pittsburgh, like claimed the spotlight was stolen from a longtime veteran Flurry, and then goes over to Ottawa doesn't get like the greatest amount of time there. Battled some injuries again. Numbers weren't there. So I think just goalies, sometimes goalies just need a fresh start, and I would be willing to take the chance on this guy due to his ex- uh, playoff experience and uh, his back-to-back cups he's won in Pittsburgh. But again, there's risk to it. We've noticed, too, like the injuries and the cold streaks. So it's a 50-50 thing, but I would lean towards more the positive side to this, that they can get a good outcome out of him due to his playoff experience. So... That's what I think about the whole situation. He's definitely a goalie to look worthwhile about. He's got way more playoff experience than Campbell. It'll be a bit cheaper if they can get salary retained for sure. So Campbell's 0-2 in the playoffs so far for the Leafs. He couldn't close out a game se- uh He can't close. He couldn't close out game sevens. We've seen Murray close out game sevens in the past, not just in the first round, but conference finals and. Uh, clutch game sixes too in the Stanley Cup finals so he's been there done that Campbell hasn't been there done that yet fully as a starter and he's on too so I don't know how much more I can lean on the guy for especially if he wants 5.5 million a year so Murray's definitely worthwhile for me to take a look at with that playoff experience because he's been there done that compared to what Campbell's done yeah I agree and you know here's something to note I think this is going to be important to talk about here so Matt Murray has played, I'm pulling up his uh, career splits here. So this is the postseason. He's played 51 games in total. His goals against average is 218. His save percentage is 921. Matt Murray, I don't know about you, but when I think about him, there is not a high leverage game that I could think of that he has not performed up to the standard. What do you think? I mean, the standard, yeah, he hasn't, like, I know, like, we're all expecting like a wow out of this guy after these playoff runs, but like the thing too with his playoff runs is he had a really experienced backup goalie along the way to help him out. So, but then the minute he left, like you could tell things change and the pressure caught to him because it's a, he's a starting goalie now and he didn't he wouldn't he didn't have like that veteran goalie backup presence to help him out through the way. So it's definitely yeah, it was definitely a big. I think that's part of the problem on why he. Uh, like, his numbers weren't there. I think the pressure got to him. And I think, yeah, there's times where pressure does get to him a lot, I've noticed. But, again, he seemed to, like, clutch up. Like, he seems to know when to do it when it matters. And, yeah, he can have a streaky regular season. But I don't think that's important compared to what he's done in the past couple seasons. Like, I know he's had a veteran goalie backing him up, but... He, like he knows when the, like he knows when to clutch up when it matters and that's important and all the Leafs I think need is that like that clutch piece for them just to move past that game seven in the first round like I said like they need a depth player just some clutch piece like that clutch piece that's been there done that played that game seven and knows what knows how to win when it matters because clearly like yeah they got all the talent in the world right now but they don't know when to win when it matters like they're they're a regular season built team that's it that's all we see out of them but if you can add a piece like this a guy who knows when knows when to win when it matters then the team will gain that mindset through him and 
they'll they'll start they'll just push through and do it because that's that's just what they're missing is that just and I think Murray's that guy like that guy he knows when to win when it matters and he and coming in if he knows like the Leafs hasn't made it made it past Game Seven well, that's easy for him he's 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 made it he's played Stanley Cup final games he's been in Game Seven to the playoffs so I believe he can easily do it for them but he's got to it'll be up to him because he's got to figure it out like if he. He's got to get that zone again like he was in 2016-2017. So if he can get through that again, if we can get Penguin Murray in Toronto and what he did then, then I think this is an absolute steal for Toronto with Sally retained too. Yeah, you know, I appreciate the point you mentioned, especially about early on in Matt Murray's career, especially in those two Stanley Cup seasons. You mentioned that he had a veteran back of goalie and Marc-Andre Fleury that was a pivotal piece to his success. But if you look at his last playoff series, which came with the Penguins, it was short sample size, obviously, because of the COVID year bubble. But it was against the Montreal Canadiens, where he played in three games. And he had a 9-14 save percentage. Matt Murray was not the reason those that, uh, that Penguins team lost that series to Montreal. Matt Murray was very good. The offense was snuffed out. They were shut down by a Hall of Fame goaltender in Carey Price, who, who he got outdueled by, but still put up fantastic numbers. Matt Murray is a guy that I think still has tons of potential. I think this is a reclamation project, though, so I'm not too high on it. But one thing I want to mention before we get to Campbell and Darcy Kemper talk here, because that is the main reason of the show. Uh, we just got some breaking news by Elia Friedman on Matt Murray, so that's why we're talking about Matt so much right now. But um, one thing I do have to mention, you know, as we wrap up this Matt Murray talk is, remember, when Matt Murray was initially on the block, and this is why I keep going back to this, when Matt Murray was initially on the block from the Pittsburgh Penguins, there was a lot of rumors linking him to the Maple Leafs in a one-for-one swap for Freddie Anderson. They really like Matt Murray. Management here in Toronto, they see something in him. I agree with what they see. I think Matt Murray definitely has uh, some stuff in his game that could make him that missing piece maybe for the Leafs, right? You know, we see tons of players that struggle with other teams. Maybe Ottawa, you know, in Matt Murray's defense, Ottawa has not been good. Their defense hasn't been good at all. They've dealt with a lot of injuries over the last two seasons. He's dealt with injuries. The team's really plummeted in the standings. He played in the Canadian division last year with uh, the COVID division. So, you know, that was a very high-scoring division. So, very tough for a goaltender to play in, especially with a team that's not very competitive. So, maybe Matt Murray just needs a spark to play on a competitive team again and you know, Ottawa is going to be better next season with the trade of Alex to bring kid and, you know, their prospects getting older and they're going to be another year from their rebuild. So they should be getting better. But, you know, I think the Toronto Maple Leafs are still levels above. So I think he would really enjoy a change of scenery. And remember, he's from Thunder Bay, Ontario. Uh, we know he's very, very familiar with this area. It's a high leverage market, lots of attention. So I know he's not a big media fan, so I don't know how he would feel about playing uh, in Toronto, but I think the fact that he could be going back to Sheldon Keefe and Kyle Dubas is definitely comforting to him. But with that, now let's go to Jack Campbell versus Darcy Kemper. So the Leafs move out Morazic's contract. Immediately talks go to Jack Campbell. There's rumors that Kyle Dubas is going to meet with Jack this week uh, in Toronto. There's also rumors that Jack is looking for something five times five. Darcy Kemper surprisingly hits the market. There's you know, I would say a 60% chance, well, 60% of the media assume that Darcy Kemper would be uh, kept in Colorado, uh, but they go out and make a splash trade, trade for Alexander Gorgiev from the New York Rangers, 
Um, so Darcy Kemper now about to hit free agency. There is lots of talk that the reason the, the talks fell out between Darcy Kemper and the Colorado Avalanche is because of the price he was asking. Um, the Avalanche didn't want to make that commitment with guys like Nathan McKinnon's contract coming up soon and, you know, strangling their cap. So they go well, find a cheaper option and take that risk with a Francois and Gorgiev combination for next season. I think that's going to be a very nice combo. But Darcy Kemper on the market. The Leafs were one of those teams that were, were severely, uh, sorry, heavily interested in Darcy Kemper last offseason before he was traded to the Colorado Avalanche. I'm wondering now, Mitch, is Darcy Kemper the number one right now in terms of odds on wearing that Leafs sweater on opening night? Well, the real question would be for me is the money for him because if he's going to want, like, Campbell money, like 5.5, 555, five, 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 would you pay him that, though? Would you pay the coach? Would you rather pay that to Kemper or Campbell? That's my question to you. Would you pay Kemper 5.5 million a year after his cup run? I know, I'm still thinking right now. That's why I didn't say anything. Um, you know what? One thing, though, yes, this should be an easy question. Like, oh, Darcy Kemper, because he's coming off the Stanley Cup win. Darcy Kemper is also older than Jack Campbell, though. So, if you give I, Jack... It, sorry, what'd you say? That's true, yeah. But again, like, Kemper's another guy, too. Like, he reminds me of Murray. He's been there, done that. So, like, I... Like, if a goalie like that, my only thing with him, yeah, is he's aged, but, like, he's been there, done that. That's the thing. So, I'd pay a goalie who's been there, done that, and who I think brings more to the table. I'd pay him that money. But the only thing is his age. That's the only thing with him. Well, see, the thing is, if you give Darcy Kemper five times five, you're going to be paying him until he's about 37 years old, $5 million, and with the way this team is constructed, I don't think that's a recipe for success. If you pay Jack Campbell five times five, you're only going to be paying him until he's about 35 at five mil, which I think is a lot more reasonable. I think that's a deal we see a lot in the NHL for starting goaltenders now, well, in the medium kind of conversation area. But there's also talks that Darcy Kemper could be looking for north of five million into the sixes, sixes and a half. Now, you know, there's goalies that are making 6.4 million. I don't think he's going to sniff 7 million. I think that'd be absolutely insane, but... I think there's a bottom-feeding team that has a lot of cap space that would look at Darcy Kemper and say, okay, you know, like Seattle, for example, we struggled with Grubauer. What if we go and get this guy? Now, I'm not saying Seattle like is going to go out after paying Grubauer last season. I think that's a disastrous way to spend your money, especially with Seattle's current format of their franchise. But, you know, a team that goes out, maybe Arizona wants to get some, you know, strength in the back. I think there's going to be a bottom-feeding team that might look at him to throw the money at, that thinks they're a little bit closer than the way uh, the fans of the you know the league view that certain organization's perspective. Uh, you know, Some teams come to mind, the New Jersey Devils, um, if they move on from Mackenzie Blackwood, for example. So I think Darcy Kemper is a guy that, you know, even Washington, right? What if Washington, you know, with Backstrom looking like he's going to be on the LTIR next season, Maybe even for the rest of his career, unfortunately. You know, he's a fantastic player. It's so sad to hear the stuff about Backstrom. You know, especially a guy that we grew up with in our childhood. But, you know, right away they have that cap flexibility to go out now and pay a guy like Darcy Kemper. And, you know, they just traded Vitek Vanacek. He went to the Jersey Devils. But, you know, Vanacek-Kemper combination, if Bernie is not able to play at his age after that hip injury, that, you know, was a very 
um, difficult for him to play with last season. He missed a large portion of last season. Who knows how he comes back or if he comes back. Um, I think Darcy Kemper and Vanacek could be an interesting combination for the Devils because they seemingly think that they're really close to contending. But Darcy Kemper, there is a lot of flaws to his game, which we saw picked apart a ton in this year's playoffs. There was a lot of haters on him, but he is a good goaltender, man. He is a good goaltender. I will I will say this. You know, Mitch, I play the position, right? So, you know, there's kind of that goalie union where you, you kind of see what the other guy's going through more than what the traditional fan would kind of see. You kind of have a different amount of respect for goaltenders if you play that position, stuff like that. You get what they're going through in certain points more than what a player would understand that's you know, scoring the goals on them. And one thing I noticed with Darcy Kemper is he's coming from a team like Arizona where he was facing north of 30 shots every night. He was doing very well in Arizona. Very well. He did very well with many other teams he was with in the past. He did bounce around a couple times with some teams in the West. Going from a team like Arizona when you're facing north of 30 shots to go switch to a team like Colorado. Now, this is the same thing we saw with Grubauer, right? Sometimes the Avalanche would give up 14 shots and they would give up two goals. Sometimes it's just how it goes. It's very difficult for a goaltender to remain sharp for such a long period of time. And, you know, sometimes, yeah, you might only face 10 shots, but if those shots are so spread out, it could be very, very hard to play that position. Why? Because, you know, you're going from warmed up, you're moving around your crease, up and down. It's very important to stay mobile. And I'm not saying he doesn't because, you know, I haven't got the chance to see what he does during the commercial breaks and stuff like that, but it's very difficult even mentally to stay locked into the game, which, you know, I think Darcy Kemper, if he did come over here to Toronto, we give up a lot more shots here in Toronto. We don't have that defense Colorado has, but I think Darcy Kemper here playing a game that I feel like you would see a lot more uh, pucks fired at him. I think that would be better for him. I think he's a goaltender that he just fell victim to that Colorado system. Colorado was so good. The puck was always on their sticks. They dominated play in every game they played for a large part of the season clearly the best team in the NHL by a large margin. And, you know, we even saw that in the playoffs, right? So I think Darcy Kemper, it's very hard to play the goaltending position when you don't have a lot of action. And then at certain points, some very high leverage situations where the opposing teams have some on ice breaks and stuff like that, where your team does give up eventual lapses, it hurts your numbers a tremendous amount. So I think, you know, that's another thing to look at. I think Darcy Kemper coming to a game where he's going to be a lot more active and into it, I think you're only going to see better results. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think all boys will be the culture, so at some point, so, I mean, like, I knew he, I knew his numbers were going to go up a lot playing in Colorado compared to Arizona. He does face a lot of shots, too, so I think he is a good, consistent goalie, though his numbers were there. I know he's on a good team, but I still, like, from what he did in Arizona, just shows to tell, like, he wasn't bad there. then you know you, you look at jack campbell on the other side now i love jack campbell the guy is awesome um such a nice guy always makes time for fans we'll talk to you 
You know, he really treats people well. I have a tremendous amount of respect for him. He's fun to watch. In the playoffs, he was locked in. I remember game seven in Toronto. I was at the game, and I was watching him in his warm-ups. And, you know, obviously, like I said, I play the position, so I was very analytical on his warm-ups throughout the whole year, trying to replicate his stuff into my game. And one thing I noticed about Jack Campbell is in game seven, that warm-up, he did not concede a goal on this drill that they do kind of after their wave of lines. Uh, it's like a shooting drill where they, you know, take turns and kind of rotate. He did not give up a single goal. And, you know, a large part of these were breakaways. Some were just routine shots. But, you know, usually you have the occasional one, two, go in, three. He was locked in. Nothing was going by him. I tweeted up before the game, Jack Campbell is locked in. I've seen so many of his warm-ups this season. You know, the occasional ones go in, but he did not let a puck go in. And, I, you know, you're probably wondering, like, warm-ups, like, you know, they intend to shoot on the goalie, trying to, like, make them feel the puck. But, no, like, the pucks were, you know, barred down. Like, they tried to score on him, and he was locked in. And how did that game seven go? I thought he was fantastic. You know, he made tons of saves, tons of high-leverage situations where it looked like Tampa had a wide-open end. He somehow got a piece of it. He's making all these saves. He did get injured, and he still kept playing through it. That is the determination and the will to win that I love to see. And I think Jack Campbell brings that compete effort to the change room. I think that's a huge part of this team. I think that's a huge part of why they did so well. He wants to be the best. He wants to beat you. You know, I'm sure, you know, he's a fantastic person off the ice, even if you're his opponent. But when you're on the ice, if you're not wearing the same jersey as him, he wants to beat you. So, you know, that effort and willingness, I think that he brings to this change room, I think it's very coveted. And I think that, you know, it's a very underlooked reason on why the Leafs should bring him back. I think Jack Campbell, when he's on his game, like you said, like I said with Matt Murray, in high leverage situations, I don't remember Jack I don't remember Jack Campbell crumbling. We had the bad start in Tampa Bay in the playoff series, yeah. So that's gonna happen. No goalie is perfect all seven games unless, you know, they're elite. But Jack Campbell is a very good goaltender. He was a high draft pick. He's finally getting his shot with a very good contending team here now. And he's on the right age of 30, just exiting those prime years. But, you know, as a goaltender, sometimes they mature out and they play better in their later years. So Jack Campbell, you know, there is injury concerns. There is concerns with confidence and all that stuff. But I think Jack Campbell brings that compete effort that you're going to want from your starting goaltender. And I think he's a huge reason to why the team that wears the blue and white stripes is one of the best in the league and moving on from him is going to be difficult you can tell the guys love him you can tell he's a real team player but uh darcy kemper right now for me is a very intriguing replacement and here's the problem if darcy kemper signs with washington let's say it's six mil over five years in washington what do you do now you're forced to pay jack five times five so you know the goalie market is very dead right now it's not as you know, wide open is the last couple seasons now, but Jack Campbell looks like, you know, the money right fit right now because I don't think Darcy Kemper is going to be able to land here in Toronto. He's looking for what he's rumored to be looking for. Even if Colorado passed on him, I think that just goes to show you that he's going to be asking to make some real money because this is probably his last shot at a real big contract. What do you think about Jack Campbell, Mitch? Yeah, again, he's a guy I think that's going to want money too. Is he worth it? Like, yeah, he's, he's at the point, he's past his prime years, and this will be his last shot at big contract, so I don't blame him for wanting money. 
But at the same time, if I'm the Leafs, I think they gotta pass him. He's like, he's just too streaky for me. Like he was, he's 0-2 with them in the playoffs so far. We've seen him a couple seasons, and I just think there's better options out there, more experienced options. It's gonna get them past their, uh, past that first round. Because I just, I just don't think he's the guy for that. I like, I wouldn't rely on him for a deep run. Like he, it just. I just think the experience isn't there. I know we had it a bit in LA, but I was like mostly quick. But I like I just don't think the experience is there. I think they need an experienced goaltender that knows what it takes to win. And yeah, you know, like he's he just I don't know. I just don't see he blew a three-one series lead to Montreal. Like he's I don't know. He had a streaky series against Tampa. He played well first few games, and then after that, I just I just didn't think he played when it mattered. Like, it doesn't matter the first three games, but it's, like, later on, so... I just think they can pass them. I want to invest 5.5 especially with the Flyers, for what we got this season and what we've seen in the past. So I think they can easily upgrade to him. Kemper, I think, is a long shot, because I think he's going to want the same amount of money, too. And if, like, that his age is up there, too, so he's going to want to, like, take that game and make as much money as he can, too. Interesting. I think I'm a lot more high on Jack Campbell than you are. I think Jack Campbell, you know, what he shows to represent the Maple Leafs and to wear that crest on his jersey, I just I just love it. I remember last year, Game 7 against Montreal, when he lost, you know, the first goal, he was really critical on himself. You know, he takes a lot of blame on himself. That's another thing I'm going to give him credit for. He doesn't look around. He doesn't pass the blame. He takes ownership. A lot more ownership than stuff he probably should. There's a lot of times where it was more of the defensive lapses that he takes criticism for and he owns it. But, you know, I think Jack Campbell, that willingness and that compete effort, he wants to win. He wants to win the Stanley Cup in a Maple Leafs jersey. Finally getting his chance. The Leafs took a chance on him. I think he appreciates that. I think at the end of the day here, Jack Campbell's going to come back to Toronto at a cheaper price. I just think that's how it goes. I think Jack Campbell eventually is going to take maybe a, a cheaper AAV over a longer term to help the Leafs compete in this window. Because remember, we only have a couple of years until the Stars become free agents again. And, you know, Matthews is certainly getting a raise. So for anybody that's not prepared for that, get ready because he's probably going to get the biggest contract we've seen in NHL history. Um, so, you know, pay the man, <laughs> rightly so. So I cannot wait for those conversations. But. I think Jack Campbell's going to come back. I think it's just the 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 fit, I think, is just, you know, I think Darcy Kemper's going to have a lot of suitors. I think the Leafs are going to get outbid pretty quickly. Um, so I think Jack Campbell, 
Because then after that, your options are very dead. You have John Gibson, who we're going to talk about in an episode tomorrow. Uh, you have the cheaper options in free agency, the guys that you're going to be taking a risk on. You know, we were going to talk about Casey DeSmith, but Casey DeSmith re-signs with the Penguins. Uh, so you got Yaroslav Halak. You got those kind of pieces if you want to take those chances. Or you could trade for another goaltender that's kind of under the radar right now. But, you know, I think the best fit here would have been Marc-Andre Fleury. I was tweeting that on my Twitter. I really thought it was between the Maple Leafs and the Minnesota Wild. A $3.5 million over two-year term is a significant contract that the Leafs could have used big time here in Toronto. And that would have made some real real difference here um because then you know that contract doesn't rule you out of bringing in campbell as a one beat right you can have a flurry campbell tandem if campbell agrees to take four million then that's what about just over seven million spent on your goaltending position that's a little bit more than i would like but i don't think that's bad at all there's teams that are paying their goaltender 10 million and have a combination of both at 7.5 and you have a goalie of mark andre flurry's caliber paired up with a guy like jack campbell i think that would have been real real awesome but um you know, the Fleury talk is over now. He's with the Minnesota Wild. And I'm bringing up Marc-Andre Fleury because his goaltending partner, Cam Talbot, is apparently unhappy in Minnesota after that contract. And they agreed on a 50-50 split. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that goes out. There was rumors that Kyle Dubas was talking to Billy Guerin for a long time on draft day on the draft floor. So maybe Cam Talbot's an option that we're going to have to talk about this week, Mitch. But for that, I think we can wrap up today's episode. We're kind of at the 45-minute mark here. So... Uh, Mitch, any last words you want to say uh, on today's episode? Yeah, I mean, interesting. Uh, interesting to see what they do goaltending-wise. I guess the options are there, which is good for them. I just think would be they only get down to the right guy with that experience at the right price. Uh, if I'm Dubas, I'm looking for a goalie who has a lot of playoff experience, and that guy who knows what it takes to win, and I can get them by that game seven at the right price. So that's what I'm doing if I'm Dubas. But the options are endless for them, so So taking us out today is Rattle the Glass by Marty Zilstra. Guys, I would like to say a special word here before we wrap up today's episode. Marty Zilstra reached out to the account. Um, you know, he does a tremendous job with music. You can follow him on Twitter at TML Fan and Van. You have to follow him. He is a fantastic follow on Twitter if you are a Leafs fan looking for Leafs tweets. He is an awesome person. Um, you know, always a pleasure to talk to and you know his music is fantastic so go out check him out on spotify uh his song is going to be our new theme for the battleborn leafs podcast so thank you very much to marty zilstra and go give him some love um if you're listening and thank you to our listeners um we're back so sorry for the uh delay here we had summer vacation i've been doing tons of draft stuff but me and Mitch should be back on a full-time regular schedule now, and uh, so with the rest of the Battleborn Fan Talk crew. That's all from us today. Thank you guys for listening to the Battleborn Leafs podcast. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow about John Gibson.
Some more. 